This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Sunday, October 29th edition of the PFF Forecast. Um, yes, we are recording a little early because of the privilege that was, and still kind of is, uh, Chargers Bears, teabag, rest in peace. It was uh, some fleeting moments of positivity. We were also going to talk about the Vikings. Um, what can they possibly do? A little bit of tr- pre-trade deadline uh, talk. A little bit of Niners and Chiefs. Are they both in trouble? Is one in trouble? What's going on there? Um, and then we'll get to week nine and guess the lines. It's going to be a great show. Hopefully you've made it through the teabag experience. Let's rock. Welcome in. If you are a longtime member of the podcast and the printing press, you will know that when the games get out of hand on Sunday night, we got to roll a little early. If you are new to the podcast, welcome in. Um, I'm George. I've got Brad and Arjun here. Brad, a well-known, noted Chicago Bears superfan. Arjun, a noted Chargers superfan. Um, but no animosity here today because both teams won. Um, Brad, congratulations on the loss. Arjun, congratulations on the much-needed win. How are you feeling? No, it, yeah. it's 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 hilarious because the entire week Brad was shit talking the Chargers in my in my DMs like, oh yeah, don't worry, Tyson Badger better than Justin Herbert. He's gonna make a statement on, on Sunday night. I'm like, okay, okay, buddy, we we gotta we gotta let this play out. And uh, and yeah, Chargers Chargers are the nice one. Have have a chance to turn the season around now. Let's flash um, to reality where you two talk <laughs> gaslit me into betting on teabag and in prime time and Arjun tweeted out a six leg parlay with yeah. a bunch of bears props and bears plus nine and a half. <laughs> Look, nine and a half is still in in the works. A little onside kick recovery, touchdown, okay. two point conversion, and that's a little backdoor, but backdoor season's coming. They went for two. All right. If anyone can pull it off, it's teabag, who by the way also looks like B Rabbit with the or the beanie on um but that's actually not the most impressive quarterback performance from today because we had tony devito or the new york giants with one of the greatest i i have a legit question as to how a guy that can't complete a forward pass makes it onto an nfl roster like that he bag tyson badgett is like a serviceable quarterback how do the giants not have I mean, the school of the minds that beat Shepherd University must certainly have a quarterback that they could bring onto the squad. And instead, they have Tony DeVito, uh, who had a cover locked up and completely pissed it away. Not bitter at all. We'll make it through. Um, let's, let's get to a real team that um, we talked about on Wednesday as having a legitimate shot at 6-1 to one to win the division in the Minnesota Vikings. Came out and looked very impressive against the Green Bay Packers, ended up winning that game 
but lose Kirk Cousins or uh, seems are going to lose Kirk Cousins to an Achilles injury, which will certainly have him out for the season unless some combination of prayer and whatever the hell Aaron Rodgers is on can get him back in, in record time. But uh, he, he's done. There was obviously some question around whether the Vikings were going to keep him after this year. Were they going to try and trade him if, if they weren't doing well? So I'm curious, Brad, like what are possible avenues for them? What do you think they're considering right now? Yeah, it's probably smaller stuff. It is tough because, I mean, they are looking good now. The defense with, with Brian Flores, they're just blitzing like crazy and making things work the last month or so now. That The offense going to get Justin Jefferson back in the near future, and then you lose Kirk, who may have had his best game of his career in primetime last week. I mean, like the big splashes, obviously, would be like a Ryan Tannehill if you convince the Titans to basically eat his entire salary and say, look, Will Levis just had four touchdown passes. Ryan Tannehill has two on the season. Just start playing Will Levis and trade us Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill hasn't had three touchdown passes in a game since 2021. So maybe you go that route. I think the more realistic route is like Colt McCoy, who has a connection with Kevin O'Connell, Case Keenum, who obviously went to the NFC Championship game with the Minnesota Vikings, a whole different staff. But anyway, was there as a legend. I'll throw one out too. I went to a Eagles-Vikings game back in 2018 probably. The number one jersey in the stadium, and it was being worn by both Eagles fans and Vikings fans, mm. was a Carson Wentz North Dakota State jersey. Was literally filling the filling U.S. Bank Stadium. Maybe they also give him a phone call, let him have a, have a tryout. Because Jaron Hall is not viable. I mean, Jaron Hall came in and got strip-sacked like the first play he was in the game. Um, but yeah, odds are it's going to be something small, not something flashy. Uh, but you, you never know, I guess. What do you think, Hugger? What makes sense for them? Well, they are competitive. Like honestly, like I think their roster, I think their team this year is better than they were last year. And I think last year you could argue they had more talent, especially on defense because they cut a cut a bunch of guys and don't have Patrick Peterson anymore. But I, I just, I actually think like this is the better Vikings team compared to last year, even if the records are, are worse. Um, so yeah, like I in a week NFC, like yeah, you can rip off two or three wins if if Wentz gets hot or whatever quarterback they sign gets hot. But I I don't think you can rely on Jaron Hall and you know we've we've heard Quasey kind of talk about towing the line between being competitive and also understanding where the team is and like I think at this point you've seen the team rattle off three straight wins. You go into Green Bay and you win pretty convincingly. You beat. Um, you beat the Niners, you know, on prime time as six point dogs. Like this is a team that I think could be competitive if they're able to make it into the playoffs. So I don't think you want to waste this roster, but you also don't want to, I don't think you want to make a move that hinders your ability to rebuild or uh, spend money in the future. So I, I don't know if I'd be in favor of trading for Tannehill. I try to find just a cheap option on the free agent market or just a cheap backup that has experience in like a wide zone system. You got to bring Case Keenan back. You got to run the Minnesota Miracle back. Um, <laughs> I mean, the the Minneapolis Miracle. That that that's the one that, from a cheap option perspective, makes some sense. But he, here's the thing that I I mean, Kirk Cousins had uh, pending review the third best PFF passing grade this week on the course of the season has the fourth best passing grade this year. Has a better PFF grade than Patrick Mahomes. Like he's played very very well. So. I know we joke about Kirk Cousins and him being, you know, pretty darn near average and everyone's kind of just a version of Kirk Cousins, but he's been very good this year. And so I think you're going to see what was 
a good roster, but not a great roster, come back to reality without a player like Kirk Cousins. I can't believe I'm saying that playing quarterback. So I actually think you've got to bite the bullet here because look, they got off to a bad start. You're not going to win the division unless you can beat Detroit once or probably twice. And I just have a hard time seeing you beat um, the, the Detroit Lions with Case Keenum. Like I know that there's some nostalgia there, but I just don't see it. So the thing that was brought up, and I think it was Mike Florio that tweeted it out. So this take this with a humongous grain of salt. And I wanted to ask you, Brad, like Kyler Murray is sitting there. The Cardinals have the number one pick in the NFL draft right now, um, thanks to Joshua Dobbs. Is there a avenue through which Kyler Murray could get moved? And would the Vikings potentially be able to make that happen? Not right now. I actually do think it's kind of an interesting thing to monitor this offseason if they do get the first overall pick and they actually want to start over. But you're talking about a guy who is a year after signing a top 10 quarterback contract and who still is not even active with an ACL that he tore, what, less than a year ago. Like, you're not trading that guy at a deadline. He probably came and start for Minnesota for another couple of weeks. And at that point, you're inheriting, yeah, top 10 contract of the position. So, no, but but I think it's going to be interesting in this offseason. I know they've said they're going to stick by Kyler. Look, if he comes back and balls out and pushes them out of the top top overall pick or a top two pick, then you know that option kind of goes away. But if not, it's interesting in the offseason because Minnesota now obviously has to have a new quarterback next year. I do feel terrible for Kirk Cousins also. I mean, look, like you said, we, he is sometimes a butt of a joke. He's been a top 12 quarterback for the last like five, six years. And does raise the floor, but he was about to cash in again. I mean, he is a business of football Hall of Famer, first ballot, give him his own wing in the building guy. And he was going to do it once again this offseason. And now, you know, he might, I mean, who knows? He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not doing voodoo magic. Like, I don't think he's going to be able to play even week one next year. Maybe he can, but, but yeah. He has, a, I don't know if you know this, but his uh, father has some voodoo powers. That's uh, fair. Through, through the, body and blood of Christ. So um, you never know. Um, I will say this about Cousins. Like in the quarterback documentary, it's very clear that he works super, super hard. And actually, you know, for a guy that's not exactly an incredible athlete, really tries to take good care of himself. So I do think he can come back from this. It's not like his mobility is like the biggest part of his game. Um, But here's the thing. Like they have to decide whether they're going to keep Neil Hunter to me, this just screams you have to trade him and get something of value for him. You're basically your whole roster, I think, is expendable with the exception of Derisaw and Justin Jefferson. And those are the players that you want to build around. So you can't cling too tightly. Like you've got to be able to get rid of those players and, and get something that is going to generate value for you at a cost that you can afford because you're going to have to pay those other guys. And either you're going to pay a quarterback or you're going to go draft one. And I'm just not sure they're going to be able to go draft one, given how many teams are ahead of them in the pick standing. So like, ah, I'm in favor of a fire sale. Like I think, I think that's the best move for their franchise. To be honest. I can tell you this, they obviously won today. So this doesn't exactly correlate to what I, what I, a conversation I had, even after being the Niners, I was told if they lose a divisional game against green Bay and they're what three and five at that point, that Daniel Hunter may still get traded before Tuesday. Obviously, they win today, but now without Kirk Cousins, I think where Vikings fans get lost, too, is you basically have to view it as next year with a rookie quarterback, even if you do somehow get a top five pick, those guys are still not going to be good in their rookie season. So realistically, 
the next time Daniel Hunter really matters to the Minnesota Vikings is 2025 when he's going to turn 31 during that season. Is he a great player? Yes. Has he been remarkably productive this year, even though a lot of it is kind of pursuit stuff and unblocked stuff and three and a half seconds into the shot clock stuff? Yes, but he's still been good. But, like, that's the issue, and I, I do think Quazy understands that. So, yeah, I heard, like, if they lose, you know, they still might sell. They obviously didn't lose, but in reality, losing Kirk it matters a whole lot more than beating the Jordan Love privilege Green Bay Packers. Uh, oh, let's just soak that in real quick. The Packers suck. We just, like, we just like drink <laughs> that in and just, like, let it kind of just wash over us a little bit. Like, they're horrendous. How great is that? <laughs> Oh man, you had to get that shot in. Okay, let, let's um, let's pivot from the Vikings talk to the consensus top two teams in our power rankings. I think pretty much from the beginning of the season have been the Chiefs and the Niners. Both of them looked horrific today. I'm going to say that that word applies to both of them um, in different ways. Uh, so let's go around the horn. Which one should we be more worried about and why? Um, Arjun, let's start with you. Oh, that's a good question. I I think it would be the Niners because at, at some point, we I feel like we can always trust Pat and Andy to figure it out. We've seen these kind of like midseason slumps before. And with the Niners, I think what scares me is the Purdy regression is hitting. He's turning, he's actually turning the ball over. They're actually catching these interceptions. But more importantly, like maybe the Niners defense isn't as good as we thought. Like th this is a Bengals team that, you know, Joe Burrow is pretty, like for the most part, the entire Bengals offense is healthy. I don't think there's a single starter that has, that went into this game that wasn't healthy. Burrow's coming off a bye. And so, yeah, you know, I, I, I think we did talk about the, the Bengals coming out and potentially having a better game with more rest. But the Niners defense, like, hasn't been that good. Even Kirk carved them up with that Jefferson last year. So you talk about offensive regression from Purdy's angle. Defensive regression, just like not playing as well. You're not, you're not really seeing that great of a pass rush for the edge players outside of Nick Bosa. I think Ark Armstead had a great game today, but outside of Nick, there really isn't a lot of help. You're relying on Drake Jackson to make a huge year two leap. And so you combine those two things, and yeah, you kind of like have these like weird games where you're losing these one score games to teams you're favored by at least five, six points against. So I'd be a little bit more worried about the Niners just because things that we did talk about in terms of regressing, they are. While I think with Pat and Andy, like they'll usually figure it out by the end of the season. Yeah, it's the same answer for me, just because you go back to the quarterback. I mean, Purdy in these bad game scripts, I think he has six turnovers the last three weeks now, two picks and a fumble today. I think he had a pick, another pick that got called back or something happened in that game. And both interceptions were like egregious. Like these weren't receiver tips the ball in the air. Like he threw it to Jermaine Pratt. He threw it to Logan Wilson. Um, you know, they are going to get healthy. Trent Williams was the lack of Trent Williams was notable. Trey Hendrickson was living in the backfield, even while nursing an ankle injury the entire game. But yeah, like if their defense can't, you know, against these good offenses, even last year, Kansas City comes into San Fran and drops like what, 44 points. And I think I have like nine yards of play. Like if one of those games happens, you're basically dead. Like you, this team is not going to mount a fourth quarter comeback of more than one touchdown. I mean, I know we talked about the stat with Kyle Shanahan. It's literally never happened with Kyle Shanahan in his entire tenure there. So that's the thing for me is like when it's rolling, it's rolling and they can beat anyone. But 
you're going to be down against a good team in the playoffs, and they have not shown an ability to, to surmount a comeback at any point in the last you know four years, regardless of who's playing quarterback. Hey, real quick, I, I want to talk real quick about that one interception that Purdy had to Jermaine Pratt. Like, I, I feel like it's standard that QBs know that if you are running an RPO and you don't hand it off, you like you have to throw it. And if you don't throw it, like you better slide, like you better take off, you better slide. Just don't you can't throw it because you're going to get a penalty for an eligible man downfield. This dude broke the pocket, ran for like two seconds, and still threw it, knowing that it was it's going to come back, and he still didn't even get it above Jermaine Pratt. I, that was one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen, just because the, from an IQ perspective, it's one of the most brain dead things any quarterback could do. Well, his brain may have been somewhat not alive. <laughs> like that—that's the thing that um, I think both teams. And I'll answer the question here in a second, but I think both teams had quarterbacks that are potentially playing, you know, uh, under the weather. <laughs> um, like, I think it was kind of crazy to me that Purdy didn't get evaluated for another concussion in this game. Um, and it's also unbelievable to me that he showed up in concussion protocol on Wednesday and then played on Sunday. So um, I don't really know what to make of it, but I'll just say that the data would speak to one answer and one answer only, and that's the Niners. And there's two core reasons. Over the last three weeks, Brock Purdy has a sub-59 PFF passing grade. That's awful. Um, but here's probably the more concerning one for me. Over the last three weeks, the team that has allowed the most passing yards in the NFL are the San Francisco 49ers. And that is not a recipe for success. <laughs> so if you can't throw the ball, and then you can't stop the pass, um, you are going to get lit up. And that's how they've lost three games in a row. Now, they don't have Debo. They don't have Trent Williams. So I think those things need to be you know, considered and how much are you going to be worried about them. But they're not first in the, in the NFC West right now. The team that's first in the NFC West is our Seattle Seahawks, um, who you know, after week two or three, you know, we would have been, after week one, uh, we had buried them in, or many had buried them, um, we talked about, you know, potentially betting them again uh, this past week. But the, the Niners' inability to cover is, is just as concerning to me because you don't have as many excuses on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, like not having Trent, not having Debo, um, I think is a concern. So, yeah, I would be legitimately worried. My question to you guys is, like, having seen, I guess, how much has to go right for the Niners to be dominant and how quickly it kind of slides away. Like, are they a legit Super Bowl contender in your mind? I still would say yes, because, like, Dallas is starting to look like Dallas again. But just the NFC – I mean, dude, the NFC South might have two playoff teams. Like, we're talking about a very realistic scenario where the Niners have to just win against the Eagles and they get into the Super Bowl. So, like, for that reason, I say yes, um, it, you know, because the path could just be so, so easy. But – yeah, the, and I would say this too. Keep an eye on them tomorrow for a defensive trade. I think defensive line, like a Montez Sweat, I think corner, uh, you know, Dante Jackson, Carolina, Christian Fulton, I don't know, whoever's potentially available. I think they will be making a lot of phone calls there, which you could probably quabble with. Like, should they just give up more resources for a defensive lineman? You know, that, that's that's their MO. They're going to do it. But yeah, I still I would still say yes. I also just, I need to go quick soapbox. Kyle Shanahan always does this, and we know he's as good as it gets. You're down 14. You're, you're without Debo and Trent Williams already. Christian McCaffrey catching a screen pass with 14 seconds left in this game, or 12 seconds. Like, 
Like, are you kidding me? Like, are you actually joking? Like, and the guy is has an injury. It's just like, it's so brain dead. It, anyway, anyway, I'm done. That's that is brutal. Their inability to make smart decisions in fourth down and and two point conversion situations also absolutely brutal. Um, let, let's talk about the Chiefs here for a second though, because I would say that their offense has looked eh for most of the season. Um, Mahomes seems a little bit um, out of it now. Obviously, he had the flu today. But the the concern for me, a, a real dramatic concern, would be how awful their receivers are. And we talk about how drops are like, you know, an unstable thing. When your receivers just suck, <laughs> your receivers just suck. Like, that's just, that's kind of stable. Like, Sky Moore has been bad every game. Rasheed Rice is their, we've talked about, he's, he's their best receiver. That's not sustainable. Um, so to me, while I think a lot of the league is kind of up for grabs, you look at the Bengals and getting Joe Burrow back healthy, and you compare that and contrast that to where the, the Chiefs are, are trending. Like, I do think there's a legit path to the Chiefs not being the favorite to come out of the AFC unless something dramatically changes for their offense. What do you guys think? I agree. Like, I mean, yeah, Scott Moore dropped a touchdown. Rasheed, Rasheed had the big drop over the middle of the field. That would have been a you know explosive play. And look, Rasheed Rice is comfortably the best receiver on that team. And I've never seen him run an actual route. I've seen him just sit down and soft. No, like I'm not even gonna be a hater. Like he just finds soft spots in zones, catches the ball, and has great yak ability. The Travis yeah. Telsey version of a receiver. Yes. Like I've literally like like find me a clip of him running like a sharp crisp route with a good break and I'll I'll rescind my comment but I I personally have not seen it like and like it works in this offense but it's insane like yeah no they have to do something I I'm sick of hearing like oh like yeah they'll if, sure they'll win they'll make the playoffs they'll win some playoff games but like if they want to win again like you have to have a legitimate wide receiver on this team and they currently do not have one. Another another thing that I think is like kind of underrated and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, running the ball isn't as important as passing. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs ranked 26th in rushing EPA. They were 31st in rushing success rate, which means on average, when they're running the ball, they are the second worst team on a play for play basis at gaining a successful play at gaining positive expected points added. We talk about the Chiefs are one of those teams you're going to see a lot of split safety coverages, a lot of light boxes to try and slow down Mahomes. And you have to be able to run teams out of those light boxes. You have to make them like respect your run game. The Chiefs don't have any injuries, if I'm not mistaken, to their offensive line. Everyone they've signed that was projected to start is starting. Pacheco was supposed to have this breakout second year. You have, you know, former first year. Well, I'm not going to talk about Clyde, but like, like this is supposed to be a team that could run the ball when they needed to. We, we saw that in last year's playoffs, but it hasn't been something. So they're relying more and more on Pat to win, you know, on third and long or, or third and short even. And he just can't do that. The third and short thing is a whole other debacle. But I think when you're relying on Pat to win those third and longs without viable receivers that, you know, are good. I think that that is another issue that is coming up for the Chiefs this year. Who, who do they realistically trade for? I mean, I, We've talked a lot about how DeAndre Hopkins not necessarily the type of receiver that that they would look for. So, is there someone that we're not thinking of? Is it D Hop? What do you think, Brad? I still think. Look, people say he doesn't separate. He was separate. Had separation all three of his touchdowns today. Uh, yeah, maybe it's the OPI when you throw the guy to the ground. That that. Yeah. 
if you get away with it, then I, you know, like I still think that's that they should try to do that. Maybe Tennessee now says, yeah, we're going to let our rookie quarterback throw to a alpha number one, even if he's not, you know, the same guy. So maybe he's not available at this point. But I mean, it's a good question. Like, who actually is available? It's going to make a difference. I, I don't really know, but. Uh, like even the Eagles got and signed Julio ate a touchdown today. Like just do something like just get a body in there and like figure it out because I don't know, call Arizona and beg for Marquise Brown. I know they, they've said consistently he's not available. Go overpay for him. Like, and I'm being you know, a bit reactionary that she's probably still going to win the Super Bowl this year by two scores. Like it probably doesn't even matter, but it, it, maybe not. Um, but yeah, like call, call Denver. They're in your division. Maybe that's a bad idea. I don't know. I don't know who they call, but it's just, it's tough, man. If Travis Kelsey doesn't have a hundred yards, like they're not going to do a lot. It's tough. Yeah, they're, I am. So the Chiefs used to be a team where every play you were terrified of them going fifty yards. Right. Think back to Mahomes' rookie year. They have transitioned, putting that nicely, into a team where I am literally just wondering if they're going to catch a pass past the line of scrimmage. <laughs> that. That is that is what they've transitioned to. So, like, you know, sometimes it's like you don't need much more than how do you feel about a team, right? And, um, I mean, they, they've got nobody there. Like, MBS is uh, terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, it's a good question from uh, someone in the chat here. Who, other than the Chiefs, is the best team uh, in, in the AFC right now? You've, got, you've seen the Bengals, you've seen the Ravens. Um, who would you guys put there? I go Baltimore. They let they let Arizona come back, but the game was over. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they're just both sides of the ball. I have the fewest question marks about them. Maybe Cincy, too. I mean, Cincy's starting to look like Cincy of last year. But is Okay, is anyone of notable hurt for Cincinnati? Like, I feel like they don't have any injuries at all, right? But not really. I, like I said, their offense yeah. is completely healthy. Just, just T. Higgins' emotional state. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, I think I probably would go Baltimore. I honestly like Jacksonville, even like, I don't have many questions oh, yeah. about Jacksonville. Like today. Okay. Look, today was a, a that game was all about F3 and it could have gone so bad. Three turnovers inside Pittsburgh territory and they still won by 10. Right. Like they moved the ball efficiently, just, you know, typical Jag stuff, but Trevor Lawrence is playing great. Ridley and Kirk, you know, both of them have their games. They don't even have, they haven't had Zay Jones for the past couple of games and the offense is still rolling. ETN's been running well. Today, they didn't even have Tyson Campbell or Andre Sisko and the secondary was still really good. So I think they're, they're playing pretty complimentary football in terms of passing, running and playing good defense. I, in, you know, weak division, I think they could be a team that also like makes, makes a splash in the playoffs this year. Yep. To me, it's it's one of three teams. Um, it's either Buffalo, Cincinnati, or uh, Baltimore. And, and I would currently rank them as follows. Cincinnati, Buffalo, Baltimore. I think it's very, very close. The reason I would give Cincinnati the slight edge, there are two main reasons. The first is Joe Burrow, when healthy, is the quarterback out of that three that – um, I just have the most confidence in from a game-to-game basis. I'm not saying he has the highest ceiling. Actually, you think you could argue that the other two maybe have a higher ceiling, but I think he has a much higher floor. Um, Jamar Chase is the best receiver that any of those two teams have, and they have the best second option if T. Higgins gets his act together. Mm. 
The other thing that I think is really important is Lou Anarumo. I think his ability to, to come up with a great scheme for a particular game and particular opponent, I, Mike McDonald over in Baltimore, very good as well. But um, I think those are both legs up for, for Cincinnati. Um, and, uh, and look, I think Buffalo, Baltimore, like those, the, if I'm Kansas city, I would not feel very comfortable right now based on, on how strong I think each of those teams are. All right. Yeah. So, uh, anything else before we get to uh, week nine? Let's ride. Rock and roll here. All right. We guess the lines every single week. Uh, if you would like to do so along with us, you can. Um, if you're not in the Discord, go join our Discord, the printing press. The link is in our Twitter bios or X bios, or the hell you want to call them. Um, and you can guess lines right along with us. And then you'll get a scorecard sent out to you with how you did. Um, and uh, that way you can kind of test your sharpness uh, against the market. Um, before we get to this week's guess the lines, um, a word from our friends, our friends over at Prize Picks, who, if you are in a place where you can't bet legally on sports, you may want to find a way to get into the action. You can do so with Prize Picks and their daily fantasy contests. We're about to talk about a ton of bets that we like. Um, and you'll be able to go onto Prize Picks and bet on those theses without actually betting. DFS is how it works. So um, you pick basically one or two to six players. You pick whether they're going to go over or under their uh, fantasy points projection, and then you can win up to 25x your investment. Uh, it's a really, really sweet platform. It's very, very easy and intuitive. Go to prizepicks.com slash forecast. Use the code forecast to get a deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash forecast. Also, our friends at Fabric by Gerber Life are making your life a hell of a lot easier. You've got a family. You don't want to worry about whether they're going to be safe or not. Well, you're risking it all betting on the Chicago Bears on a Sunday. Okay, that's risky business. Don't risk it with your family. Go get a great term life insurance policy from Gerber by our fabric by Gerber Life. Super easy. You don't have to call someone up on the phone, deal with anything. You go to M double E T fabric, F A B R I C dot com slash PFF. And in 10 minutes, you can have a great quality term life insurance policy ready to rock. And then you can get back to the thing that you like to do, which is betting on the game of football. So go to M E E T fabric, F-A-B-R-I-C.com slash PF. All right. On to week number nine. Week number eight uh, was a quality week. I'll go ahead and share uh, the spreadsheet here. Um, I unfortunately tried to convince everyone here to bet on the Chicago Bears. I take all the blame for that. Uh, Brad, you decided to turn away and went with a teaser, which I commend you for. So you escaped. Um, I did not. Uh, Arjun, I think you joined me on that because you just wanted to, you know, jinx your team into success. Good for you. Um, and uh, I also managed to bet on the Los Angeles Rams, which was a huge and total disaster. So, um, yes, uh, this is where we sat in week eight. Brad, Arjun, very nice weeks. I need to pick it up a little bit, uh, but we are on to week number nine. And we start on Thursday night with Tennessee and Pittsburgh. This looks to be Will Levis and Kenny Pickett. Is that correct? I think it's going to be Will Levis, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, oh, sorry. That's my, what I meant. 
Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, a rib injury, went down on a sack, couldn't protect himself. And it looked, I mean, Thursday, tough turnaround. He was ruled out pretty much immediately. It wasn't like questionable. It's like he was done. Um, and it, look, it should be Levis, but leave it to Mike Vrabel to be like, this is Ryan Tannehill's team. If his ankle's healthy, he's the guy. Uh, but no, I assume it's going to be Will Levis. Yeah, that'd be my, my guess as well. Okay, let's start. Brad, would you make this? I had Steelers minus two and a half. Yeah, same. I went Steelers by two and a half as well, and I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to be. Let's find out. Yep, two and a half. Looks like it's two and a half. Pretty much everywhere now it is at some places. Eh, I guess not. It's two and a half pretty much across the board. Um, I do think this is an interesting teaser leg. Um, depending on how you feel about Will Levis. Um, I'm curious, did you guys, after watching that, feel like it is reproducible, or did you think, hey, he took advantage of some busted coverages, and maybe it's not quite as sustainable, especially on the road against Pittsburgh? I think it's, I think it's sustainable long-term. Do I think it's sustainable, yeah, with a short turnaround going into Pittsburgh with that offensive line versus the Steelers' defense? No. Um, but no, I mean, there were some busted coverages. He also had a handful of very nice throws, like layered over coverage or away from a defender with good ball placement. Like he, he deserves credit. It, it was not a fluke. He looked awesome in this game. Let's get on to an actual good game. Um, the Chiefs are going to be a little wounded going into this game. I would assume Mahomes getting a lot of fluids here. This is in Germany, in Frankfurt. It is Miami, Kansas City. We're actually sending a good game abroad for the first time. So hopefully the Germans appreciate it. Brad, would you make this? Yeah, shout out Timo. You get a good one. Uh, we got, uh, I had Kansas City minus two and a half again. Yeah, I had Chiefs minus two and a half as well. Timo will be there live Hell yeah. at the game. So um, we'll get some, uh, some insight on how Mahomes looks in person, which is all important. I made this two. I couldn't get all the way to two and a half. Uh, and let's see here. Um, two and a half, two and a George, half. George, real quick. Yeah. Well, while you look at it, do you guys remember what the look ahead line was when we did uh, guess the international games over the summer or like right near the draft? Do you want to guess what the look ahead, look ahead line was? Three and a half across the number. I would say Casey by. Five and a half. Yeah, it was Casey five and a half. Wow. Um, all of us had – Brad had Casey five and a half. Me and George had Casey minus three and a half. Um, and me and George both said we'd bet that. So I, we, need, we need to go back to look at some of the older look-ahead lines we did. But sorry, I just wanted to point that out because I remember we did that. That is a, a great so, – so this is – does it feel like we or, or that the market is uh, overcorrecting one side or the other? Like what's I mean, I guess we're pretty much on the number here, but any any thoughts there given that context? It feels a little to me like like I mean look, Miami's good. Jalen Ramsey came back today and played great. I feel like it's a slight correct overcorrection. I think if it was on three, I would say it's fine. Under the number, I think, is probably a bit of a correction from from the preseason look ahead. I, I think it's fine. I think it's warranted, honestly. I mean, Dolphins' offense is rolling. Chiefs' offense has been struggling recently, so I don't mind it too much. Or uh, struggling in non-Chargers matchups recently, so I don't mind it. 
I'm assuming this total will be very, very high, but I, I do think um, I'm tempted by a, a Dolphins teaser. I'll take that. And I am a little concerned about the Chiefs in this game. Um, having traveled that far, Mahomes clearly not being healthy, having no receivers. Um, I do think this is a bit of a challenge. Any of you guys betting this either way? So the total's 50 and a half, which, you know, in today's NFL is like 54 of, of yesteryear, back when teams scored points. So we, we had some offense this weekend. I'm kind of tempted for the teaser as well. Um, I was just looking at uh, Tua's performance against all the coverages he's going to see from Spags. He's like our third highest graded quarterback over the last two years um, against press, against a lot of like uh, two-man, cover two, cover zero, cover one, like all that he tends to carve up. Uh, I'm assuming he just gets the ball out quickly when the guys are not looking. Uh, you know, they're, their backs are to the quarterback. I, I could be talked into it, I, but at the same time, I just said I feel like it's an overcorrection, so I'm just going to stay away. Kind of like the under, to be honest. So yeah. the Dolphins' offense in the two games where they've been playing a real team uh, on the road it has not been pretty, right? They had one offensive touchdown against the Eagles. Um, I want to say they, they had, was it two? Maybe maybe they had three, squeaked out three in, in Buffalo. I think it was two. Um, now, I do think that this will be a much heavier KC crowd than Miami crowd. Um, that My reasoning for that is that KC will have been more likely to travel given how much they like their team, a lot of less kind of, you know, planning ahead for Miami Dolphins fans. And I just don't really think there at this juncture are that many like legacy Dolphins fans in Europe and particularly in Germany. So I do think this will be a rather heavy KC crowd and, uh, uh, you know, KC is a, a good team. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm like not sold on the Dolphins uh, offense being that potent in situations like this. So I kind of think the under is interesting. I think it's very interesting. Chiefs have a good defense, and, and the Dolphins, I think now with Jalen Phillips, they should get back. I think Xavier Howard and uh, Javon Holland next week as well. The, the under is enticing. Do you think it matters at all? The Chiefs are flying two extra time zones uh, as opposed to Miami. I think that matters. It's enough time. It doesn't matter. Or? I think it matters more what day they go out there. Yeah, fair. Like as long as they're getting, I'm assuming they're going to try and get out there tomorrow or Tuesday or something like that. I think the, the traveling late is where that really screws you with the time zones because it's just harder to, to acclimate. So as long as they travel early, I'd say no. As someone that has gone west coast to to Europe before, yeah, that in the space. Um, all right, no bets so far. We move to Minnesota and Atlanta. Um, I'm guessing Heineke Ritter. What do we think? No, he said this is Desmond's team after the game. Oh, so, yep. Good. Yep. Desmond, Desmond and Bijan will lead us. Okay. Brad, would you make this? I went uh, Atlanta minus four, uh, obviously, assuming we know Kirk Cousins is not playing. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, I went, um, I went Atlanta minus three and a half. I went Atlanta by four, and it is Atlanta by four. Uh, Arjun, you intrigued to bet this? Look, man, as 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 much as I'd love to fade Desmond Ritter, uh, I do not know who the Vikings starting quarterback is, so I cannot do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, 
I don't know how quickly they could get someone in there. I think if Brett Rippon is playing in this game without Justin Jefferson um, on the road, like I know we don't like Desmond Ritter, but it's going to be a tough spot for them. I think we're, we may be undervaluing how good Kirk Cousins has been just because of how long the narrative has been that Kirk Cousins is kind of an average guy. Um, Anyways. I think you were mixing up your uh, quarterbacks there. Brett Rippon's with the Rams, who also might be playing next week. I would actually feel great about Atlanta, uh, about the the Vikings. That's if Brett fair. Rippon was, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So actually, it'd be worse. It would be uh, Jaron, uh, yeah, Jaron Hall. Nick Jaren Mullins Hall. is on IR. I see the comment. So Nick Mullins on IR till week ten, I believe. So he's not a, he's not available. Uh, that's what Florio said, at least. So I mean, Jaron Hall is not viable. Like he's not an NFL quarterback. Like so, I'm almost tempted to take Atlanta here. Uh, Four. <laughs> it's a great comment. Um, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> they can make a move in that quickly. I mean, can Case Keenum? Does Case Keenum like know this offense well enough because he's played in LA before? I think you're still mixing teams. Uh, so, oh, you're saying Kevin O'Connell? <laughs> I think yeah. no, no, I got you, I got you. Keenum was in no that time I was wrong. You were right. Uh, Keenum was in Minnesota before with the prior regime, but like he does know. I mean, like Houston's wide zone. I don't know. Regardless, I'm just going to take the Falcons because I, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. And I do think we'll re recognize, like, no Kirk and no Justin Jefferson. Like, we're going to realize how much that matters. Yeah. I don't, did, did Keenum – Keenum didn't overlap at all with O'Connell anywhere then, did he? I guess not. Maybe, like, Cleveland back in the day. Or he, was, he went to Cleveland after Minnesota. So, I guess not there. No, the, the, the connection to O'Connell was Colt McCoy, which Florio brought up. They spent time together with both, I think, both Washington and Cleveland, I believe. But he was he was in Arizona and apparently was so bad in preseason that they just, like, made uh, the rookie – I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, anyway, the rookie from Houston is the backup there because Colt McCoy was that not viable behind Josh Dobbs. So. May God be with you. Um, I like this bet um, as well. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it as well. Real quick, real quick. Drake London did leave this game. I think he came back, but Grady Jarrett left the game. Did not come back. I don't know. There there were some injuries there. I'm still gonna roll with it, but yeah. Seattle and Baltimore, Brad. Baltimore minus four and a half. I went Baltimore minus five. I have Baltimore by four and a half as well. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Uh, five, five and a half, six. FanDuel is at five and a half. Circa is at six. We'll call it five and a half here. Um, no respect. No respect for Gino and our Seattle Seahawks. Um, were there any injuries? I feel like Seattle came out of this fairly unscathed. I don't um, recall. I mean, Kenneth Walker got got dinged up, but he was fine. Um, DK played and was fine. I don't think so. Well, I'll start it off. Give me the Seahawks. Uh, getting five and a half. I will take that. <laughs> the total here of 43 is interesting to me. I mean, Mike McDonald's awesome. And yes, he made Jared Goff poop his pants uh, in public. But 43, if these quarterbacks play the way they should play, and in Baltimore still, you know, they play, they did demolish the one good offense they played, but Seattle's defense is not good. I know they had like some good stats the last couple of weeks. They lose Chad and Wosu. Boye Mafe is, is, is starting to look like a dude, but 
I think Baltimore is going to score points fairly comfortably. And I kind of feel like Seattle will too. I'll do it. It's probably a dumb bet. I'll take the over 43. I don't, I don't hate that. Like obviously Ravens defense is pretty good. Um, this is like a you know cross like literal cross country travel thing for the Seahawks, which kind of scares me a little bit. Um, I, Gino had a couple nice throws, and then he also had I think he wasn't he had some throws where I, he probably wanted back today, but I don't know. It, I don't know if I want to be buying the Seahawks off a game where they you know barely eked out a win, or I guess you're buying the over, but that you know that kind of does mean you're still buying into their offense, which. You know, I didn't. I didn't think it was like that great today. So I, I think I'll just lay off this game altogether. I, yeah, I. Here's. I'm still at this point with the Seahawks as a favorite. I just don't like the Seahawks as an underdog of more than three points. I feel like they can win against anybody. So I, I like that. I also think you know, 43. Like, I think the reason it's 43, Brad, is that somehow, some way, the Ravens like the Ravens' offense still doesn't quite look right. Um, and, uh, and I think the Seahawks, like in this game, will probably try and run the ball a bunch, um, to protect, you know, maybe just a little bit, uh, on the road. Cause I do think he's looked a little shaky. So like, I, I don't know, I, I feel good about the Seahawks as a, you know, more than three point underdog. Um, I worry about them certainly as a, as a favorite. No, it's a good point. It's a, it's a lot of points. Like Baltimore is good. I mean, I, you know, but that is a lot of points for, for all Eugene. Didn't write back. Arizona and Cleveland. It apparently will not be Kyler Murray, so this will be Josh Dobbs against mystery quarterback. Like, who knows in Cleveland, and does it really matter? I I did this assuming it was P.J. Walker, and I made it a full touchdown. Might be crazy. Yeah, I couldn't get to a full touchdown, but I went minus six. I split you guys. I went six and a half. Uh, It is seven and a half. Oh boy, are we betting Josh Dobbs against the Cleveland Browns defense? <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I bet Josh Dobbs today. Um, I can't do it. I, I just it's there are moments with Josh Dobbs where you're like, man, they should cover this game, and then there are moments with Josh Dobbs where you're like, I just don't understand it. I just don't get how did a guy that looked serviceable a second ago turn turn into this? I'm also it doesn't surprise me that they're not playing Kyler in this game. Um, because, you know, I, w- I wouldn't start him like, uh, you know, uh, here, but I don't know. It's interesting. Would you tease this game? Like, do you have faith in Stefanski and the Browns to at least win this game at home? I- I'd look, I would maybe tease it here. It's an interesting thought. I like, like Stefanski, I know that at the end of the game, throwing on third and four, all the fans are like at his neck again. But I thought he called a great game. Their screen package was just like killing Seattle the entire afternoon. Uh, he got creative with it throughout the entire game as well. Um, like moving the ball in the intermediate areas. It's just like, yeah, so down to one and a half, I guess. The defense is going to, uh, I don't know, but Arizona also just finds a way to score points against, I mean, they scored 24 on McDonald today, some of it in garbage time, sure, but scripted touchdown, which they seem to do every single week. I don't know. I want nothing to do with this game. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Rams and Packers. I am skeptical as to whether Matt Stafford plays here. Um, I'm with you. 
I'm with you. He was like a guy that plays through everything, hit his hand full speed on a helmet and looked in legit pain. And if it wasn't that bad, I think he would have returned to the game. I, I guess the game was out of hand, so maybe not. But anyway, I went as bad as the Packers are. I still went, uh, and as Brett Rippon, I still went Packers plus one. Um, I went, where is it? I, oh, I went pick him for this one. Jesus. Um, so I don't think Stafford's going to play. So without Stafford, I would make this Green Bay by five and a half. Um, it seems like we're saying Stafford is going to play. Um, so I'll make this a pick em. <laughs> no idea what to do. Uh, let's see. It is. Uh, is it up anywhere? I see uh, at DraftKings, the Packers are minus one and a half. Okay. Oh, here it is. I see two and a half at FanDuel, two at Circa. Okay. Um, feels like a little bit of a hedge. Let's call it. Uh, let's call it two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I I don't. I don't think Stafford is going to play, but I don't feel that confident in it. I guess if I push comes to shove, I feel like taking Green Bay here is kind of interesting. Cannot convince me to bet on Jordan Love at all. So, yeah. Um, Tampa Bay, Houston. I had Texans minus a field goal. I had Bucks plus one and a half. I had the Texans by two and a half. And it is two and a half. Teaser time, baby. It's your guy, Baker. I'm rolling with my, my Texans and CJ Stroud. Ugly game today against against Carolina. Yes, coming off a bye and all that, but we talked about it. I, I knew I was going to regret that bet. Like the 0-6 team, the only winless team in the NFL, with your number one overall pick playing the number two overall pick. Like they were going to – and they still barely won the game. Um, they'll bounce back. This is a gigantic co- coaching mismatch, at least from a decision-making standpoint. And obviously, you know, Bobby Slowick versus – I thought Dave Canales could have been a guy. It's not looking so much like he's a guy as of right now. Um, I'll take the Texans here minus two and a half. I, I'm. I, I'd rather. I'd rather bet on an over under on how many first and ten halfback dives there are in this game than on the actual outcome of this game because the, under Todd Bowles, it's just it's every it's like almost like twenty percent of their first down plays are halfback dives up the middle for three yards or less, which or less. Key, key yeah, or less. And yeah, it's always less for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have faith in, in, in Baker keeping this within eight points. Uh, Washington, New England. I still cannot believe Washington did not cover this game. Sam Howell looked awesome. Like awesome. It was exactly what we talked about. Uh, I think um, when we were, we were making our circuit picks, like, the, the exact same spot for the commanders. Sam Howell goes out, gets sacked a hundred times. You go, oh my God, this guy is a complete moron. Then you're going, oh, they're going to face the Eagles. The Eagles are going to sack him 200 times because of their defensive line. Comes out, doesn't get sacked 200 times, actually throws dimes up and down the football field. And yet somehow they did not cover six and a half in this game. Could not believe it. Um, Brad, would you make 
this. I w- yeah. I went with a pick em. I went pick em as well. I did not. I went New England by a point and a half. Um, the reason I did that was Belichick versus Sam Howell feels like a bit of an opportunity. Um, it is two and a half. Across the board. Uh, this will be my uh, teaser leg with Tampa. Yeah, that's a, that's a teaser leg for me as well. Uh, I mean, I agree. I hear you on Belichick versus Sam Howell. Hear it 100%, but they can't really generate much of a pass rush. And obviously, Howell just takes sacks regardless. But, I mean, that Patriots offense is just hard to watch. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, Howell was dealing today. That game was awesome. Like, in the first half, the, both quarterbacks had, like, five total incompletions and, like, 200-plus yards, two touchdowns each. There's just no, if the commander scores 17 points, like how does a teaser like lose? <laughs> like the, the thing that would worry me uh, less the pass rush and more Belichick confusing Howell with coverages, yeah, and, like Howell just not having an answer and just holding on to the ball for five seconds. It's fair. I'm actually gonna bet on the commanders this game, like straight up, not as a teaser leg. I, I I think Howell as a thrower has been better than people give him credit for. I think obviously the sack thing is an issue, but we could see Matthew G- or Josh Uche out of New England by Tuesday. Um, you know, Patriots are a man, kind of a more man heavy team. And uh, Washington has some good receivers that can beat man, just like Jahan Dotson, who shows up very well in like Matt Harmon's reception perception, Terry McLaurin, obviously one of the better receivers in the league. Um, and so without Uche, I kind of doubt their ability to generate a pass rush, which should give Howell time to actually throw the ball instead of taking sacks. Obviously, on the other side, you know, Washington could be selling Montez, so I could be selling Chase Young at the deadline. So that does worry me a little bit. But at the end of the day, this Patriots offense isn't good. And it doesn't really matter if, if the commanders can't generate a pass rush because I don't think Mac Jones is the type of quarterback who can take advantage of a clean pocket like other quarterbacks can. So I like Sam Howell as a better quarterback in this matchup and we'll be taking him straight up. I think both of these teams are trading an edge rusher in the next 24 hours. <laughs> that, uh, that makes sense. Um, Chicago and New Orleans. Is this a uh, tea bag once again? I believe this is going to be Justin Fields. Um, both because he's healthy and because we just watched T-Bag on national television. Um, <laughs> I went Saints minus six. I actually have the same. Look at us. Um, I have the Saints uh, by five and a half. Uh, what is it here? It's not up on DraftKings yet. Here it is. Five and a half on FanDuel. Uh, five and a half. Yeah, it looks like it's five and a half. Any thoughts? So the weird thing is I think Fields actually, uh, against the man coverage, press coverage team, like that's the, the rare times where he can do well uh, with his legs and just take off. And I'm sure he's the freshest lower body-wise he's been in since he joined the NFL. But this Saints, like, their offensive line is a problem, but the Bears' pass rush does not exist. So I feel like Derek Carr and that offense, who obviously, you know, played pretty darn well today, are going to continue to score. Super loud building, like, feels a thumb injury. So if he does play, it's probably going to be less than 100%. I got to stop fading my Bears at some point, but I'm going to keep it rolling. 
Let's go with the Saints here. <laughs> nah, don't don't stop. <laughs> I, I I can I can be convinced to be bet to bet the Saints here after Derek Carr and Rashid Shahid cashed an electric thirty six to one same game parlay by our guy Judah Fort Gang. So. I will be I will be joining you on this because Derek Carr and Pete Carmichael dropped 38 on the road and they have changed my minds about the outlook on this team. And you can throw like both safeties out for the Bears tonight. I assume Eddie Jackson maybe doesn't play again. Brisker, I think, will return, although he got hurt like Thursday or Friday. But yeah, so like throwing deep on this defense or picking on your guy Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, Michael Thomas might just have like 18 catches for 75 yards uh, as they just matric down the field. Um, but yeah, I, I like this one. Sorry, Arjun, were you are you going Washington spread or money line? Um, I'm probably just gonna take the money line. I can I can put that in the sheet. What about an alt minus two and a half? Let's get weird. Ooh. I'd go five and a half, just like yeah. Patriots can't move the ball, so <laughs> they cannot. I, I'm staying away from the Chicago New Orleans game, but I am uh, I am interested to see how the Bears look with a fresh Justin Fields in this one. Um, I, New Orleans still does not look great, and if it wasn't for Rashid Shahid, I don't know how that game turns out. Uh, Indy Carolina. I had Panthers plus two and a half. I had Colts minus three. Uh, I have uh, Carolina getting one and a half. So quick pause. Well, first, quick pause. Brad plays Scrabble confirmed. I don't know if that's an insult or a, or a compliment or what it is. I am a fan of Scrabble. But mm. anyway, second question. Do you guys think going from – and this is a just genuine question. Jeff Saturday to Shane Steichen, is it one of the biggest upgrades that I've head coach in like Ever? the history of the sport? <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I don't have a play. I just I needed to pose that question. FanDuel has it at two and a half. Any takers? Yeah, I'll take it. Like, give me if you give me a reason to fade or give me a chance to fade fade Bryce Young at under a field goal, I'm gonna do it. I, I do think the Colts are one of the better coach teams in the NFL. This could be a Frank Reich, Frank Reich revenge game, but I think the way you have to beat the Colts is with your receivers. Michael Thomas had a pretty good game. Rashid Shahid obviously had like 140, 150 yards on three catches, and the Panthers just don't have the juice to do that. You have the the Colts have allowed at least in the they're like the top four in terms of explosive plays allowed on defense this year like before this game it's definitely going to increase with the amount of 50 yard 20 yard passes that they allowed bryce young does not have the arm strength to really drive the ball down the field like that it's going to be a lot of dink dink and dunk which is what gus bradley wants you to do on defense so i think the colts defense should have a bounce back game buckner against that interior uh chandler zavala if he's i don't even remember if he's playing right now but um I think Colts defense should have a nice bounce back game. And then, yeah, their offense has been pretty good for the most part. Um, like putting up 27 against a pretty tough Saints defense, like that's really good. And at the end of the day, like the, the Panthers only scored 15 points today. So I think this is the better offense, better defense. And I think they should uh, be able to come away with this one. 
Final question. Is Arjun versus undersized, weak-armed Alabama quarterbacks the biggest rivalry in football? <laughs> you got Tua. You got Bryce. The, you got McCorkle, maybe, in Matt. the mix, too. <laughs> Dude, the guy is just <laughs> – That is a great – that's a great call. I didn't even think about that. He's a – he's a – he loves tools. He quarterbacks. I don't know what he does. Can't blame him. He talked me into it too. I'm I'm joining the Arjun. I'm riding with the Colts. I won't do it. I won't. I'll stick up for the little guy. Um, Giants and Raiders. Uh, who the hell is playing quarterback for the Giants? Is it Thomas Donnie Debita? I have no idea because Tyrod's injury looked pretty bad. Uh, Daniel Jones and neck, it's never good. There was like a report today that like they've been kind of like not talking about what it is and it is related to a previous neck injury he had. I have no clue. I also just like talk about a game that like I don't even want it to come on my red zone. I don't even care. Uh, anyway, I went Raiders minus three just because I just threw a field goal on the home team. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went Raiders minus four and a half. So that might be a little high, but I wouldn't want to have to, man. The the Devito couldn't convert a throw downfield. I like I don't. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. that as a thing. Um, let's see here. Obviously, the Raiders play tomorrow night. Uh, FanDuel has it at five and a half. Actually, um, I see a three and a half out there as well. Um, yeah, DK three and a half. Uh, you can have either one. Um, let's call it. Uh, let's call it three and a half. I also think Darren Waller is probably not going to play in this game either. So no revenge game for him. He had uh, the hamstring. Yeah, he had the hamstring pop up. Yeah, I don't know why I made this field goal. I'm not. Betting, I'm not betting the Giants before before that question gets posed. Before <laughs> Darren Waller went out, though, he had four gigantic, huge receiving yards. More than uh, half the team total. More than. Like, bro, he had 58% of the receiving yards for the team. (laughs) When percentages fail you, Darren Waller's story. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm very tempted to take the Raiders here. Um, Yeah. Very, very tempted. Uh, Max Crosby sack prop should be minus 500. Like, yeah, I'm. Not, I guess like I no idea what Daniel Jones is gonna do, but that's that's yeah. my worry. Yeah, is Jake Fromm anywhere? Any practice <laughs> squad anywhere? I don't know because he. Had, I mean, he played in Dable system in 21, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah Buffalo. Um, but I mean that that doesn't make a difference. He's not. He doesn't move move this red at all. I guess like yeah, with the Raiders, like you know, Giants are gonna play a ton of man. Devontae against Deontay Banks is probably the mismatch of, you know, the week. Um, Devontae is sixth in terms of receptions against man coverage and third in terms of targets. So, you know, he's going to be getting the ball a lot. Maybe, you know, instead of betting like the Raiders here, Devontae overs could be, could be a look, but um, yeah, I guess I'd have to see who the quarterback is before placing a bet here. Two games of the week here. We've gotten back to back Dallas and Philly. This one is in Philly. A good game. Oh, change. Uh, I went Eagles minus a full three. I was afraid to do it, but I did it. I went Philly minus three as well. Make it three. Um, I tried to make it two and a half, and I could not. 
Uh, it is three across the board. Um, I'll just say this. The reason, I mean, two and a half. So this this is saying that Philly is a better team, in my opinion. Like I would have said home field about point and a half. I think that's about what it is this year. Um, Philly does have a good home field advantage. But a couple of things here. The first is the strength of the Philly offensive line, I think, cannot be discounted here. And, um, I, you know, I, Dallas defense, they can get run on. So, like, I feel like this is a very similar matchup for the Cowboys as it was with the Niners. Um, and that would worry me greatly here. So, like, I think you can make a strong case. Like, I, I will not be betting the Dallas side of this. If, if anything, I would bet the Philly side of it. Yeah, I like Philly here. Uh, FanDuel's actually, uh, they actually have a minus two and a half, but it's juiced mm. towards Philly. So minus 118. I think if that's still up by the time we end stream, I'm probably going to bet that. And like, again, like Dallas does well in games where the defensive line dominates. Obviously, they dominated today. That's why, like, even though the Rams were a team that, you know, with, with cutback, they were different. Like, this was, a, this was a game I always felt that Dallas could dominate, which they did. Um, and but then that's not, that's not going to happen in this game. Obviously, Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the league. AJ Brown has six games of 125 plus yards. Like I, I think, like would you agree that Deron Bland is probably the Cowboys' best corner yes. in this game? Or, like even better than Gilmore at this point. But Bland is a kind of a smaller guy, and you just you know putting him on AJ Brown, he's probably going to get Moss a, a catch or two. So I feel like Eagles offensive line will be able to handle their business and then on the other side of the ball like i think dak's been playing some really good ball the past couple weeks um and i i am a little surprised that sean desai went from locking down miami's offense to letting sam howell put up 31 on him um but dak took three sacks on that first drive and we know the eagles defense line is no joke like i feel like if Tyron Smith is still out, like the Eagles defense line could win in some matchups. So I, I think there are some matchup angles I like for the Eagles here. So I think I'll take them at minus three. Probably going to push. I'm, I'm joining you uh, there. You've... I like how you're just putting down W's, by the way. Yeah, I was going to correct oh. that, but I wanted to let you jinx yourself on all the – Yeah, I was like, dude, you're just saying some of a failure right there. W's. Um <laughs> Brad, are you joining us? Uh, I'll let you guys ride it so I don't jinx it. I, I like everything that Arjun just said, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to you guys. Yeah, Deron Bland is leading the Cowboys in touchdowns in the season with four, more than anybody else. I, the Cowboys are, are the Cowboys are in the Dolphins tier to me. Okay, the, yep. the Dolphins yep. tier of hey, we're really really good as long as the team we're playing isn't really really good. <laughs> like that, that's basically where, where they're at for me. Um, and uh, it, I wouldn't say that I think that the Eagles passing offense looks back, but whether it does or, 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 or doesn't like they continue to put up points and it could have been more today. They missed a tush push on the goal line, uh, which is kind of crazy. Fumbled it as a turnover. Um, so I ended up getting zero points out of that. Um, but AJ Brown is, is absolutely unstoppable. And I, you know, D Deron Bland has played really well. I don't think anyone is stopping AJ Brown at, at this point. No. We also we talked like the trench thing is huge to me. We talked about a couple other teams is like if they have the trench match advantage, we like them. I think Dallas is actually the number one, and they often do, but they don't really in this game. So that kind of makes me like them a lot less. Sunday night football. It is Buffalo and Cincinnati. 
Brad. I went Pickham. Ooh. I went Pickham as well. I'm I'm drinking the Joe Burrow is back Kool-Aid, and I have the Bungles by two and a half. Uh, it is two at Circa, one and a half at FanDuel. Uh, we'll call it one and a half, since that is probably more widely available. Um, give me the give me the Bengals. Um, here, here's the the reasoning for this. Um, I know that the the Bills are coming off a little bit of a a long uh, rest and, and long break here. Um, I think this is a really good matchup for the Bengals. I think their receivers set up really well to carve this defense up. No Matt Milano uh, is is a big big I think issue for them. Their ability to attack with Chase and with Higgins and with Boyd over the middle of the field. Um, the uh, other issue that I have here is I am a little worried about Josh Allen. Um, I think he's a little banged up right now. So as crazy as it sounds, like the fact that Burrow, I think, is really healthy and that Josh Allen is not. Um, give me the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. So the total here, 47 and a half intrigues me. Um, you know, I think you can move the ball against this Bengals defense. They're kind of like rotating some of the safeties. You see Dax Hill, you see Jordan Battle, you see Nick Scott. Can uh, uh, Taylor Britt got dinged up today. I don't think he returned in the game. And DJ Turner has been a guy you can pick on. I do agree Allen does not look 100%. Like down in the red zone, they're not running him, stuff like that. But you do get the extended rest. And I think both teams, like the, the Bills defense now in their current construction of the injuries is not a great unit. A good pass rush, but the Bengals O-line held up very, very well today against San Fran. I'll do it. I'll take the over 47 and a half here. I think I'm going to just lay off this game. Probably just try to enjoy it. Two good quarterbacks kind of battle it out. I think, you know, Big Lou obviously had a great game plan last year in the playoffs against Josh Allen. So maybe he runs it back. Maybe they change some things up. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to watch that game. And then we have the Arjun Bowl, the Arjun Menon Bowl. It is the Los <laughs> Angeles Superchargers and the New York Jets. Can't wait for this one. Monday Night Football. Brad, would you make this? Jets plus two. Exactly the same. I have this as a good old-fashioned pick'em. I can already see the Chargers losing this game in Herculean fashion on Monday Night Football. Uh, it is written in the stars. Uh, what is this here? We have two and a half across the board. Two and a half. Uh, I'm short here. Um, I want to do it. I don't know if I can do it. Um, Herbert looked so good today, um, granted, against the Bears. Did the Jets come out relatively unscathed in that game, or did they have some injuries? <laughs> no. <laughs> they, yeah, lost, no. They lost their starting center, their starting oh, guard, who are both going to probably miss time. Yeah. Carl Lawson's probably going to get traded. Um, but I think defense, defensively they made it out fine. But yeah, Jets, yeah, Jets are starting someone called Xavier Newman, who was signed to their practice squad two weeks ago. So, um, is it Lincoln Thomas that, that got hurt or Pittman? Pittman, he's the one that's been out for a while. But so a different guard got hurt today. Schweitzer. 
Wes Schweitzer got hurt. Okay, so yeah, they're gonna have their third string center and right guard and right tackle. They're starting Billy Turner at right guard, Man. where he practiced all at camp at left tackle and right tackle. So, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna tease the Jets, yeah. but I think you talked me out of it. Yeah, same. Man, dude, really want <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, true. One, you were. The the under intrigues me a little bit. Yeah, just, just 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 a little bit. What is it? Forty two and a half. Mm. Yeah, like that. Yeah, because like, the like I, I do think this Jets defense is going to do a good job against Herbert, and yeah, the Jets might not score a point. Yeah. Like Chargers are going to be in third and long for a majority of this game. Like Austin Eckler against the Bears defense average one point some nine yards per carry like if, really? if you if you give bryce young or bryce huff and jermaine johnson third and sevens third and third and eights the entire game like i don't care how good herbert is like you're just not going to be able to hold up that well and the chargers offensive line at times has really struggled against some good defensive lines so i i think the under could be a play but not too sure yeah i kind of like it good news is no matter what happens arjun you're gonna win so congratulations yeah. You deserve a win-win. Uh, that was our show. We will write up our favorite picks. They'll be on pff.com. Uh, if you're listening to this on a Monday morning, they're probably already there. Um, and if you're listening to this on a Sunday night, we thank you for hanging out with us and joining us live after Sunday Night Football. We will, of course, be back on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday evening, or actually a little more like mid-afternoon, because um, Judah is uh, going to be live from Ireland, where he apparently just wins parlays. That's all he does. Uh, we had Rashid Shahid today. Who did we have on Thursday that uh, you nailed? Thursday game? Yeah, it was the Thursday Gabe game. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, that's right. Yeah, so hopefully he's just uh, sitting there with his pot of gold and will drop some knowledge on us. We'll be back, as I said, Wednesday, and then, of course, Sundays we're always live. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love you all. Peace.